If you have your Bibles here tonight, turn to back to Colossians chapter 3. We began this morning with a thought of if you're saved. And tonight I'd like to continue on and uh, continue to bring, uh, preach out of this chapter, chapter 3. And uh, let's, we'll probably be a few weeks in it, but uh, we'll just continue on as we have this morning. So let's stand to our feet and begin to read there verses, uh, verse 1 here this this evening and we'll bring we'll read down to verse 4 and see what the Lord may have for us today if if is a very important word that needs to be considered here tonight if ye then be risen with Christ seek those things which are above where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God set your affection on things above not on things on the earth for you are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God when Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name here tonight. We thank you for the reading of your word. We thank you for the songs that we sung together. We thank you for the praying we had before the church. We thank you, Lord, for our visitors we had this morning and the frequent visitors that come often. And Lord, we thank you for our members that are just faithful and steadfast and Lord, I pray tonight, God, that you'll bless us with your word. You'll fill us with your spirit. Pray, God, that you'll anoint us with the Holy Ghost of God to be able to preach with conviction and power and comfort and love. And, Father, that you, dear God, tonight would be magnified in every way. And you'll get the glory if there's any glory to be given tonight. And, and so tonight I pray that you'd enrich us, God, with you. And, God, that you'd open our hearts, our minds, that we may understand it more clear. And better than we ever understood before, God, the things about salvation and what all that might require so that we can tell our family and tell our friends and others tonight about Jesus and his salvation. In Christ's name we pray, amen and amen. You may be seated. And so we started this morning and the first point was the, the question at hand. The question at hand there, it says, if ye then be risen with Christ, it brings to a question is, is there's a possibility that you're not risen with Christ or there's a possibility that you are risen with Christ. It comes to the place of a if ye then be risen with Christ. And so it brings a question tonight, have you been risen with Christ? You need to answer that tonight. And we also know that right here is the beginning of Christianity. Right here is the beginning of eternal life, risen with Christ. We can have a whole lot of things in our lives in this Christian life and we can perform a lot of different things and we can be part of a lot of other things but if you've never been risen with Christ all others don't count. Everything else don't matter. What matters tonight is right here at the very beginning of if you then be risen with Christ and we said this morning we'll say again everything that follows that first phrase will follow all that whole chapter has everything to do if you've been risen with Christ. You cannot do anything past that one. If you are a Christian tonight, you have to be risen. If you are risen, then you'll be identified in this chapter here. We also said that this morning, if in order to be risen, there has to be a death. It requires a death. For it says there in verse 3, for ye are dead. Now, how do you die, or when do you die, when does that take place? We preached on that. We went back to Colossians chapter 2, 
And in verse 11, we found that it was the choice to die. The Bible says, in whom you also are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands. And here's your choice, in putting off the body of the sins of the flesh. And so we found that it's the choice to die. That word putting off tonight, uh, we said that it could be said like this, stripping off all your clothing and laying it on the ground and walking from that clothing is what you would have to do with the sin of your body or the body of sins tonight. And that is what that would mean. We said, secondly, not only the choice, but the circumcision of death. The Bible says in verse 11, by the circumcision of Christ. It is Christ that will cut away on the heart. We found in Deuteronomy chapter 10 and chapter 30 and Jeremiah chapter 4 and Ezekiel chapter 44 that God would speak of a circumcision, not externally, but internally of the heart. And that's how one would be saved this morning or this evening. We'll have the circumcision of the heart. We found also that it's Christ that changes the heart. It's Christ that converts the heart. It's Christ that circumcises the heart as physical, so as spiritual. Once that circumcision's taken place, there's no going back. Amen? As it is a physical on a, uh, as well as a spiritual. And we talked about the cause of the death. It's the cross. The cross is the cause of it, the place where Jesus died, the place where you'll die to sin. We found in verse 13 that you'll have sin forgiven. We found in verse 14, sin forgotten. And that is because the law that condemned us is the law that was against us and the law that was contrary to us is what was blotted out on the cross of Calvary. It was Jesus took it and laid it upon it. And the Bible says there in that verse of 14, uh, he took it out of the way, nailing it to the cross. And so we talked about that this morning. And then we talked about sin falling. We talked about the source of it, which is the devil or Satan. And having, verse 15, having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them, sin falling. And that is the source, which is Satan. We found it's the strength, which is the principalities and powers, with uh, the cross disarming Satan, the cross disarming sin. We found in Revelation 6, verse 14, For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you're not under the law, but under grace. We've seen, thirdly, the showmanship. Uh, the Lord said that it's glory, the sin's glory, uh, the, the devil's glory, or its pleasure, or its praise, has now been made show openly. It has now, God, through the cross, has exposed Satan's deception. It has exposed the society's destruction. It has exposed the sin's damnation. We find on the cross, not only did the sinner die there, but Jesus died there. The law died there. Sin died there. Satan, it's all its powers, uh, died there on the cross. It all happened on the cross. The cross tonight is where? The question at hand was this morning, are you dead to sin? Are you dead in Christ? Now, in order for a resurrection to take place tonight, and we'll begin to preach here, uh, not only does it require a death, but it requires a burial. Anyone who's ever going to be resurrected is going to have to be buried. And so we find that that is even mentioned in, in Colossians chapter 2 and verse 12. It says, buried with him 
in baptism. We find that same thought in Romans chapter 6. If you turn there with me here this evening. Romans chapter 6 and look there in uh, that great chapter in verse 1. He says, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? That's dying to sin right there. That's dead. In order to be resurrected, you've got to die. Know ye not that so many of us were baptized into Jesus Christ, were baptized into his death. Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death, that as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in the newness of life. For we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, so also in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that's death again, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. We find tonight that speaking of being buried with him in baptism. Now as we think here tonight, we think that baptism, which is and always will be, is an immersion. Immersion. It's a submersion as well. You're submerged as the water is, uh, you have the water and you go on under the water, completely under the water. It's not sprinkled. It's not, it's not thrown at you. Uh, it's, it's under. It's submerged. It's a place tonight where you go completely under, dip, if you want to use that word. Uh, you're dipped into the, to the water. Uh, you are immersed in it. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 13, that by one spirit are we all baptized into one body. And that is that we all are submerged into one body. We're all emerged into one body. We're all dipped to one body. And so, again, this will identify eternal security, uh, that you are not going to get unemerged or unsubmerged uh, once you get submerged into the body by one spirit. Uh, that then also there is a water baptism, and water baptism is an identification unto Christ, and, and that is that you stand before the people, and as you uh, go under the water, submerged under the water, uh, you're saying to the folks that I've died in my sin, or I died to sin, I died in Christ, and now I am being buried with Christ, and when I come up out of the water, I am raised unto newness of life, and that is I now have a new life, amen? And we find tonight that that's exactly what happens whenever there is a seed that goes into the ground, that goes into the ground in which Jesus said in John chapter 12, Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, that once it goes down and dies, and then there's bearing fruit, and then there's a quickening, amen, there's coming to life, and that's exactly what happens in salvation, is that you die, and then you're buried. Now, in a burial, you'll find uh, that if we can just sort of put it in a way of like we can see, let's just say there's a casket right here, and as the casket would have somebody in it that has died, and as you would see and look at this man that died, you would have this conclusion about this man or this woman who died, and you see that they are now in a place of fixing to be buried, or we can go to the gravesite. Everybody's been at a gravesite, and you can see one who's taking that body and putting it down six foot under. They would take the dirt and put it upon it, and we would have a conclusion that that is the end of life, right? That's the end of life, and so it's the end of the old life. When you get buried with Christ, the evidence of you having the end of your life is burial, right? 
I mean, we just know when we see that, that that burial is evidence that the old life, the life that was lived, is no longer going to be lived anymore. Pretty simple, right? And so that's what Christianity is all about. It's not only do you die, but you're buried with Christ. And that the old life, the, the life that you lived, will never be lived again. Because you're buried with Christ. The second thing about what burial would mean was not only would it mean the end of life, but it means the evidence of death. You see, when you find someone who's buried, buried with Christ, because that's what salvation's all about, you'll find that as you look at somebody and they're, they're buried, they're in the ground, you would say, I know they died. Because the proof of the death is the burial. Amen. I mean, if somebody says, hey, do you know if so-and-so died or not? And you didn't go to his funeral and you didn't know anything about it, you'd say, I don't know. But that guy who went to the funeral said, oh, yeah, I know, he's dead. I've been to the funeral. I watched the burial. They put him six foot under. And so the burial today, not only end of life, but the evidence of death. Burial would prove you're dead. The burial today would testify you died. Right? I mean, there's no question about this. And we got to make it this simple tonight in the way of salvation. We make it too complicated in the way of how God works and what God says in His Word tonight. You die, and then you're buried. And when you're buried, it's the end of life, and it's evidence of the death. And so we find tonight the truth. And then thirdly, that the burial tonight would represent the expectation of a resurrection. Right? The end of life. The evidence of death, the expectation of, of the, resurre of the resur resurrection, we find in Romans chapter 6, you still still be there, in verse 4, the Bible says, Therefore we are buried with him by baptism unto death, that as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in the newness of life. For we have been planted in together in the likeness of his death, so shall we also in the likeness of his resurrection. There's a rise to the newness of life. And then there's a rise unto eternal life. Amen. And so if ye then be risen with Christ, there requires a death. But then it also requires a burial. And then thirdly here tonight, it requires a resurrection. To be resurrected, it requires a resurrection. Amen. That's just kind of common stuff. And so we find that that is mentioned back into our text in Colossians chapter 3. And look there in about verse 12. Chapter, I'm sorry, chapter 2 and verse 12. The Bible says, Buried with him in baptism, wherein also you are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God, who hath raised him from the dead. Can I say tonight, the, it requires a resurrection, but that resurrection is going to be that God raises the dead. Tonight, if you die in Christ and you're buried with Christ, you'll be raised with Christ. And God will raise you. Amen? Not you, not a father, not a brother, not a preacher. God raises the dead. 
Amen. You become a Christian. You become of eternal life. You become one of a tonight that's been born again because God raised you. The only glory and the only power is God raised you. Amen. And the Bible teaches that the Holy Ghost of God raises you. Amen. So the Holy Spirit of God raises you. God raises you. The faith in the operation of God in Christ Jesus raises you. And so we find tonight that this is the power in the resurrection. You don't resurrect yourself. No work can resurrect you. The water does not resurrect you. Uh, the work does not resurrect you. Your will does not resurrect you. I don't care how much you want to be saved. I don't care how much you're willing to be saved. I don't care how much you work to be saved. None of those will ever resurrect you under Christ. Only the power. Of God the Holy Spirit tonight by faith in the operation of God according to Romans, I mean Colossians chapter 2 and verse 12. And so we find at this point, if you then be risen, you're going to have to co-die, co-be buried, co-be resurrected, and co-live. When I say co, that means with Christ. You die with Christ, you're buried with Christ, you're resurrected with Christ, and you live with Christ. There's none of this. You die with Christ, you're buried with Christ, you're resurrected with Christ, and you live on your own. There's none of that. Die with Christ, buried with Christ, resurrected with Christ, and live with Christ. If you so be, if you then be risen with Christ, it requires a death. It requires a burial. It requires a resurrection. It requires a life. You see, it's just not over. Just because this morning or this evening you say, you know, I'm saved. That's just not over. That it just doesn't say, okay, because I'm I'm saved, and then I don't have to do anything else. No, 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 no. Being saved requires a life. Think about it for a moment. You say I'm saved. Uh, you say that I'm born again. I'm born of the Spirit. I'm born unto God, and I'm, I'm alive unto God. Was telling me this morning, this evening, according to Scripture, that I've died with Christ, I've buried with Christ, I've resurrected with Christ, and now I live with Christ. And the life that I now live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me, amen. And Christianity tonight, salvation tonight, it's just not the resurrection, but it's the life after the resurrection. Yeah. Yeah, we got too many people out there who want to brag about their prayer. They want to brag about their getting dipped. They want to brag about their, their, their home and their way that they do and the way they live and all the scripture they know and all the stories they got and all the knowledge they have tonight. But they have no life in Christ. That's not being risen with Christ. Amen. So tonight we got to make it clear and plain. What does it mean if you then be risen with Christ? It means that you have a life. Now it says there, uh, in the scripture in verse 13 in chapter 2 of Colossians we're still right there we get to chapter 3 in a minute it says and you being dead in your sins and uncircumcision in your flesh hath he quickened together with him 
hath he quickened together with him. That word quickened means make alive. And friend, when you've got resurrected with Christ, you've been made alive. But how you've been made alive was with him. Amen. Your life is with Christ. The one that brought life to your dead is Jesus. The one that brought life to your burial is Jesus. The one who brought life to the resurrection is Jesus. And the one who brings life to life is Jesus. That's salvation tonight. That's what it means tonight if you then be risen with Christ. Friend, we find in the requiring of a life, we notice that in chapter 3 in Colossians and verse 3, it is a concealed life. Let's look at it. I mean, this ought to make you shout. Even old dead Methodists ought to shout over something like this. And here tonight I pray that it will be dear and near to your heart. But look here at chapter 3 concerning about this life that I'm speaking of after you've been resurrected tonight. You'll find it says, for you are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. It's a concealed life. When this resurrection takes place in your dead burial, and friend, you'll find as a resurrection will move into your life and you get quickened with Jesus Christ that the life that you're about to live, the life that you'll live for all of eternity, the life that you'll live is a life that's concealed. And that means tonight that your life is hid. What? Hid? What do you mean hid? I thought we were supposed to be out in the public, not like secret agents for Jesus, you know. I mean, I thought that we were going to be in the light in the midst of darkness, the salt of the earth. I thought we were ambassadors of Christ. I thought we were soldiers of the Lord Jesus Christ to go out and fight the battle. You're telling me hid? What do you mean hid? Boy, you're going to like it, I tell you what. If you know anything about Jesus here tonight, uh, this ought to take you take you. Take you a long way. The word hid there, it means concealed in a place of security. In other words, your life, whenever you've died and you buried and you resurrected, and now you have this life, the life that you now live is going to be a life that is hid or concealed in a place of security. I mean, listen, friend, the world, the world can't get to it. The devil can't get to it. Man, all of hell can't break in and get it. I mean, friend, listen, there ain't nothing you can do. You can be as bad as you want. You can be as ugly as you want. Now, you won't, but you can. Amen. And you, you can do anything and everything, but you won't, but you can. And you're hid, concealed in Christ, or with Christ in God. Concealed, a place of security. A place of security. Now, we done preached this morning and preached tonight. I've always talked about three things that brought eternal security. Amen? Just for those that don't think I believe that. In Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 5, the Bible says, For when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace you are saved. Verse 6, And hath raised us up together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. You know what happened when you got saved? You know what happened, friend, when you got resurrected with Christ? You know what happened, friend, when the life of God came into you? 
uh, bread, you began to sit in heavenly places. You began to sit there in places of heaven. Your body's just not there yet, amen? One day you'll get there, but right now you're not. But, Fred, your place is there in heaven. It is secure. It is, it is in a place of safety. It is healed and concealed in Jesus Christ tonight. That life of eternal life tonight, sitting in heavenly places. Man, I would get saved tonight. If I could, I'd get saved again. You know, in my lifetime, I'd probably get saved, I don't know, 400 times. Man, listen, Brenda, know that there's absolutely nothing that can be done with anyone or anything. I am concealed in God. I am concealed with Christ. I am concealed forever. Hey, that ought to put your head on your pillow at night and just sleep away. You ought to get up in the morning and say, it don't matter what's going on around me. It don't matter what's happening across seas. It don't matter what's taking place up in the White House. It don't matter, friend, what's taking place down at the workhouse. All that it matters is I am hid. I am concealed in a place of security. I am hid with God in Christ tonight, and it's forever. I'm talking about a life tonight that is hid. With Christ in God. Now where can you get something like that at? Home Depot. I mean they won't even do that. I mean they even have those dollar stores. They got that general dollar today. I seen a general dollar the other day. And it said like super general dollar. I think man listen. They're trying to be like a Walmart. Super Walmart. And the only difference is they have food in there. So they call it super now. I'm just wondering, where can you go in the world where you can be, you can die, you can be buried, you can resurrect, and you have life. And that life is concealed in a secure place where it never, ever will ever be gone. Whew. Number two, not only is it a concealed life, but it is a Christ life. The life tonight that you will have when you get resurrected will not only be a concealed life, it will be a Christ life. Options. This is not some multiple choice. This isn't if I get saved and get born again, I might live for Jesus. It's not tonight that when I get saved and resurrected uh, that I could possibly uh, do what is right. That's not the idea here at all. The fact is tonight is that when you get saved in chapter, in chapter 3 of Colossians, you're going to find in verse 4, this is you. When Christ, what does it say? Who is our life? That's Christ's life. That's the life of a resurrected one. The one that is resurrected will have a Christ life. Philippians chapter 1 verse 21 says, For to me to live is Christ. For to me to live is Christ. How can I get there? Is it a decision that I make? No. The choice you make in salvation is to die to sin. That's your choice. You don't make a choice to live for Christ. You don't make a choice that Christ is your life. 
That doesn't make, you're not made for that. That is not something that you do. It's something that you are. Whenever you get, when you die and you're buried and you're resurrected and you have the life, the newness of life, the eternal life, and then that life is a concealed life, but it's a Christ life. It's for to me to live as Christ. It is not a way of life for you. It is the life for you. It is not probably, it is so, amen. It's not you might live for Jesus. It is you are living for Jesus. Amen. I'm just telling you, what else can you do when you say, for to me to live is Christ? What do you do when Christ, who is our life, how do you break that down any other way? How do you take that in any kind of understanding of any kind of knowledge that when I get resurrected, I get resurrected to a life that I've never had before and experienced before. And that life is Christ. Christ, not the church, not the Bible, not the Christianity. Christ, Christ, Christ. Christ, Christ. Oh, the Bible says in Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, Brother George mentioned it well ago, the life which I now live. I'm just saying, friend, it's a present life, it's a now life, it's a new life. You can't, you can't explain this away tonight. If your life tonight is not a Christ life, you're not saved. If your life is not a life that's concealed tonight, you're not born again. You're going to hell tonight. And in hell, you're going to be cast into the lake of fire for all of eternity. Why don't you die to sin tonight? So that you can be risen in this life. A life Christ. You see, those that are saved tonight, they don't have to go out tomorrow and try to live a Christian life. It's natural. Those that are saved tonight don't go out there with a struggle and a burden. And they got their, they, they got their, if I had hair right here, I'd pull it out. You know, pull out your hair like this and say, this Christian life, man, is tough. No Christians that way. Everyone who's been resurrected tonight would say, this Christian life is just normal. How I may mean, I get up? It's Christ. I get in darkness, it's Christ. I go through the valley, it's Christ. When I'm on the mountaintop, it's Christ. When things are good, it's Christ. When things are bad, it's Christ. It's Christ at night, it's Christ in the day, it's Christ every day. Christ, the Christ life. I'm just trying to be honest with you tonight. There's so many liars out there. There's so many deceivers out there tonight. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 5, verse 12, He that hath the Son hath life. He that hath not the Son of God hath not life. This is so plain. This Christian life tonight is from a resurrection. A resurrection tonight that Christ-centered life. That's what this life is from the resurrection. What does the resurrection produce? Christ-centered life. It produces a Christ-honored life. 
It produces tonight a Christ-revealed life. That when you see me, you see what Jesus has done in me. When you see me, you see what Jesus has done for me. When you see me, you've seen what Jesus has done with me. Christ gets the glory. Christ gets the honor. God gets the praise. Tonight, it takes a death. It takes a burial. It takes a resurrection. It takes a life. The life is a concealed life. A life is a Christ life. And then thirdly, it's a certain life. A certain life. Look at verse 4. It says, also appear with him in glory. Listen, to be resurrected tonight and have the life that I'm speaking of is a good life. It's a good life on earth. I know I've been saved for a lot of years since 1988. So uh, you can't tell me tonight about the Christian life. Now, if I was saved yesterday, then you probably have a few things to tell me. Maybe if I was saved 10 years ago, you might have some new things to tell me. But I've been saved a lot longer than all that. And I'm telling you tonight, the best life, the only life, the life that's worth living tonight is the Christian life. No matter tonight of all those who fall out, no matter all those who teach false doctrine, no matter all those tonight that are bad and is in the church and all those preachers that tonight are just awful and wrong and wicked tonight and do ungodly things tonight, no matter what the world may say, no matter what hell may bring tonight, the Christian life, the life of a resurrected life, the life that Jesus Christ is a sinner in honor of tonight is a good life on earth. A good life. But not only that tonight, it's a glorious life in heaven. You read that verse 4? For when he comes back and when he goes to glory, guess who's going to be with him? Us. A glorious life. You see, no matter how long we live down here, some of y'all in your 70s, right? And some of y'all might hit your 80s. And some of y'all might hit your 90s tonight. Let's just say everybody here gets 100. What's a hundred compared to a billion? Friend, you can live a good life right here, but you got to die to sin. But you can live a glorious life after you live the good life in heaven. Hey. <laughs> Woo! Hallelujah. Glory to God. I'm just saying not tonight. There's a question at hand. There's a question at hand. Have you been risen with Christ? Have you died? Have you been buried? Have you resurrected? Do you have a life? You ever hear anybody tell you, won't you get a life? <laughs> I'd say tonight, God's telling you, won't you get a life? And my life's the only life worth living. Amen. Number two. Man, we're good timing tonight. Don't worry about the time. Number two, I want you to notice tonight, these are the the question at hand, but I want you to notice once, once you know that you've been risen with Christ, there's a quest at heart. There's going to be something within your heart that will become alive, that will be active. It will be within you that you can't help it. It will be an automatic to the life now that you have in Christ. And, friend, you're going to find that within you, within your heart, there's going to be a quest. And that quest, number one, is going to be seeking. Seeking. 
We find that in verse 1 of chapter 3. We see that it's going to be a seeking heavenly movements. You see, because when the Holy Ghost of God now comes into your heart, and you are now indwelt by Him and life, the life of God becomes real with you on a daily basis. You'll find that that quest within your heart tonight, and you'll begin to seek heavenly movements for your life. God, where do I move now? Lord, I want to do Thy will. I want to be right with You. I want to be right with my mankind. I want to be right with my family. I want to do right at every occasion. I want to make the right choice and the right decision every time. I don't want to sin. I don't want to fail. I don't want to disrupt. I don't want to disappoint. I want to please my Father. I want to honor my Christ. I don't want to dishonor my church. I want the Word of God tonight to be who I am. The quest. Seeking heavenly movements. Look what it says. It says seeking. Seeking tonight there in verse 1. Seek those things which are above. That's that heavenly. Where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. That's why you would seek above because that's where he's at. Remember now you're living his life. The life in you is him. And so you're going to seek him. You're going to be fixed upon heaven. Fixed upon heaven. And your seeking tonight will not be seeking among men and seeking among others and seeking among things. Your seeking will be among heaven. See, so you'll be fixed upon heaven. You'll be focused upon heaven. You'll be firm on heaven. And see, your life now would be something of this nature. They say this, that you can become so heavenly minded that you become so no earthly good. I haven't seen anybody like that before, but I'd like to get there. Amen. They say that, but I ain't seen nobody yet get there. I want to be the first. Amen. I want to be so heavenly minded that I'm no earthly good. And friend, I'm telling you, when this life is about you and you're really saved and you're really born again, you're going to find your fixation and you're going to find tonight your focus and firmness will be all about heaven, all about above, all about spiritual things, all about what God, all about what Jesus wants and what Jesus would say. Amen. I wrote it down like this three ways tonight. And uh I hope you can appreciate it. But number one, uh, it's going to be, you're going to be dominated. You're, you're going to dominate your decisions. This seeking for heaven will dominate your decisions. In other words, every decision you'll make, you'll seek heaven first. Lord, who would I marry? Lord, what job do I get? Lord, where would I buy? Who would I buy? When do I buy? Lord, do you want me to go there? What church do you want me to do? go to every single decision will be dominated by this fixation and by this focus and firm of above every decision dominated by that number two not dominant of decisions tonight but i noticed tonight there will be a dictate it will dictate your direction when you begin to fixation upon above and you begin to 
focus. It will dictate the direction you go. You cannot tonight reach out to heaven. You cannot reach up to Christ. You cannot reach up to God and say, God, uh, for example, who do you want me to marry tonight? And God gives you the one to marry, and it's the wrong one. Never. Never. Because this focus with this life that you have now is a life that it will dictate your directions. You'll never buy the wrong car. You'll never buy the wrong house. You'll never go to the wrong church. Whenever this tonight, what I'm speaking of, is a life tonight where you are seeking the heavenly movements. It will dictate your direction. It will dominate your decisions. And thirdly, tonight, it will demand your desires. Tonight, it's not the desire of us to to win over anyone. It's not the desires of us to please everyone. It's not the desires of us tonight to make everyone happy. But it is, when we're looking to heaven, the demand for our desire is for Christ. Amen? And when you find somebody tonight who has a desire for Christ, you'll find somebody who has a desire for you. You'll never find a spouse tonight who has a desire for Jesus, who his, his, his very decisions tonight are, are built upon of the looking upon Jesus. It, the, the directions of their life is dictated by that tonight. You'll never find a spouse tonight that won't treat you right, that won't do you right. You'll not find one. You'll not find a child tonight who has this, this, this mind of what I'm speaking of tonight in that you're seeking for above movements, the heavenly movements, you'll not find a child that's full of rebellion and full of stubbornness tonight with this. You won't. If you then be risen with Christ, you're going to find they're going to be seeking those things which are above. Yeah, it, this is what we need, church. This is what we don't need therapy, we don't need counsel. We don't need a psychiatrist and a psychologist. We don't, we don't need tonight to go stand in the corner somewhere and look at the wall in the dark. Man, tonight what we need is we need to be risen with Christ. And if we're risen with Christ tonight, we'll seek those things which are above where Christ sitteth upon the throne there and that you and I will be fixed and focused and firmed upon those things that are above. It will take care of our decisions and our direction and take care of our desires. And tonight we will please God while we please others tonight. Is that true? God help us tonight. We find here not only the seeking heavenly movements, but I notice the setting heavenly minded. We notice in verse 2, it says, Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. Heavenly minded. Not only heavenly movements, but heavenly minded. Tonight, set your affection. That word affection means mind. Mind, you're thinking. Heavenly minded. I don't want to say number one is that when you begin to be risen with Christ in this life that I'm speaking of tonight, you'll be looking and setting in this heavenly mindedness in that you'll have a basis of life. Look at the basis of life. Here in verse 2, set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. You're going to come to a place and say, what's important? The basis of life. 
What's important? Well, the Bible says, set my affections, think on those things that are above, not on the things on the earth. So what is important, it must be something from heaven, not on earth. Right? The basis of life is how you think. I'm going to think, well, what's important? What's necessary? What's best? Right? We always want to know what's best for our children, what's best for our church, what's best for my spouse, what's best, what's best, what's best. Well, here's what's best. Set your affections on the things above, not on things on the earth. That's what's best. The basis of life. That's just basis. Number two, I notice not only the basis of life, but I notice the balance of life. The balance of life. Verse 2 is mentioning to us, uh, giving us that my affection toward heaven. A balance of life. I've got to have affection towards heaven. I've got to have an attitude toward earth. In other words, tonight, the earth that God has given us to live is not bad. Right? I mean, the car that we drive in the minute we go home, don't get in the car and say, you bad car. Man, I'm supposed, to, I'm supposed to set my affections upon things above and not on things on the earth. And I come to you, and one day I said, and you know what? I like you. I like your color. I like your carpet. I like your, your stereo. I like the way that you drive. I like your wheels. You know what? I hate you now. Don't get weird. Amen. And don't go home and look at your house and say, you know what? I wish I lived in a shack. I wish I lived someplace where there was no running water. I wish there was no lights in here. I wish I had no chair to sit on, no couch to lay on, and no pillow to put my head upon. Don't be funny. That's not what he's saying. He's saying tonight, get balanced. Get balanced. Hey, friend, don't set your affections and your thoughts upon the things of the earth, even though you've got things on the earth. We need them. Right? I'm glad tonight for what I've got. But tonight we can't live for these things. We got to live for those things. Balance. Balance. Affection for above. Attitude on the earth tonight. Then thirdly, we notice tonight the action toward God. A balanced life. You got to be balanced tonight. You can't be so tonight where the earth is ruling and reigning your life. But you got to be balanced enough to know that above rules and reigns your life, but above has given you things on earth here to live for Jesus. Right? God don't bless you tonight for you to turn from him. God blesses you here for the goodness of God leading to repentance. Amen? That God will be good to you so you'll come unto him more. Many times it's the trials and tests of life that draws you unto God. But God's goodness tonight, God's blessings tonight should be where you and I could say, you know what, I'm balanced in this. Can I say here thirdly tonight? Not only is there the setting and the seeking, so now I'm talking about the quest at the heart. There's a subduing, a subduing, a heavenly makeup. You see, whenever you get resurrected, you're going to find yourself in a subduing mindset. Look here in verse 5. Mortify, therefore, your members which are upon the earth. You're going to, you're going to subdue your body. Your body. 
The Bible says to mortify, therefore, your members. Your members, that's your body. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19, What do you know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and you're not your own, for you're bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body. Did you know that? That your body is not another's? Your body is God's. And you're not only to know that it's God's, but do you know that it's your responsibility to glorify God with your body? That's why when we have this resurrection and we get saved, our body is now, the members of it is going to be subdued, mortified, mortified, subdued. We find there in verse 7, it says, in the which you also walk sometime when you lived in them. In other words, he's talking about a behavior. He's talking about a conduct. And those tonight who have, in verse 5, fornication in your life, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, and covetousness, which is idolatry, for which things sake the wrath of God cometh on the children of disobedience tonight. If you find that this conduct is in your life tonight, you've never been resurrected. Because those who have been resurrected will bring that conduct into subdue. Their members will be under subjection. In other words, your eyes just won't roam. Your ears just don't go. Your tongue just don't come forth. Your emotions and your feelings and your lust are for subduing. That's what it is. And that's why tonight, those who say they're saved, who's never died to sin and never been buried with Christ and never been resurrected with Christ and never know anything about the life or the newness of life, they cannot mortify their members. And they're living like the devil. And yet they say they're saved. Tonight, it won't happen unless you have the life that I'm speaking of tonight. I don't have time to go into it, but I pray tonight that you would know that the conduct of the disobedient are those who have not been risen with Christ. That's what it says, doesn't it? That these things that are done in verse 5, verse 6 says, and these things are because of the wrath of God that come on to the children of disobedience. So you can't tonight say, these are part of my life, and I'm not a child of disobedience. But you can say, if these are part of my life, then I've got the wrath of God on me because I'm disobedient. That's what the Bible teaches tonight. God, help us tonight to, to know what it really means to be risen with Christ. Not as this conduct is of the disobedient, but this behavior is of the unbelieving, and this lifestyle is of the lost. Talking about verse 5. In verse 6. But if you're risen with Christ, you're mortified. Amen? That's what you do. 
Let's stand to our feet, our heads are bowed, and our eyes are closed. You'll subdue. That word mortify means subdue. You'll subdue your body. Your body won't tell you what to do. You'll tell your body what to do. Your body won't have charge of you. You'll have charge of your body. Your body won't be just free willing it. You can't come to yourself and say, you know what? I just didn't mean to do that. I'm just saying tonight. Yield, subdue, your members, mortify. That's tonight if you then be risen with Christ. You see, tonight our body, you've got to give an account to God for. After you're saved, after you've been resurrected, you can't just do anything to it. And you can't allow it to do whatever it wants to do. You've got to subdue. Thank you, Lord. You've seen Brother George. If you need to come tonight, you come. You come tonight. Won't you say, I want to be saved tonight. I, I want to be resurrected with Christ tonight. Won't you come? Maybe you are saved tonight. You say, you know what? I, I'm cold. I'm indifferent. I'm ashamed. I'm embarrassed. I know I'm a Christian, but I've allowed my members to do things that should not have been done. I need to come get right with God. Is that you tonight? Won't you slip down and just get that thing right with God? Maybe you're a Christian tonight and, boy, you're living that, ris that risen life, that life that's of abundancy, that life that is in newness. And you want to praise God for it and give God the glory. But really, it's not you living it. It's Him living it in you. You want to praise Him. Come do that. Whatever it is tonight, just do business with the Father. He wants to talk to you. He wants to hear you. He wants tonight to have a relationship and fellowship. I'm so glad God loves us tonight. That he would preach the Word of God to us. Thank you, Lord, for your spirit convicting us of our sins. Thank you for truth tonight that shall make us free. I'm so glad tonight that I know, I know tonight what it means to be saved. I know. Thank you, Lord. Blessed be your name. Father, I come to you in Jesus' name tonight. I thank you for just the word of God. I thank you, Father, for how plain and clear that it is and God, what salvation really means. And, and Lord, it's just not praying a prayer and joining a church tonight. It's a life to be lived, a risen life with Christ. We pray tonight, Lord, that we are obedient to you. God, that we'd honor you in all that we do. God, that our life will count for Christ. God, that we'll live as we leave from here tonight, Lord, living the life that you would have us to live of righteousness and holiness and godliness. God, I'm so glad in there in John chapter 2, 1 John chapter 2, Lord, he said, I'd have you not to sin. But if you do, that you have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous.
Thank you. Thank you, Lord. In Christ's name, amen. Well, sure, absolutely. Years are spent in vanity and pride, caring not my Lord was crucified, knowing that it was for me he died on Calvary. Mercy there was great and grace was free, pardon there was multiplied to me. Now my rapture soul can only see. 